Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Friday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer Jihei Wiley. G, how are you? I'm so psyched because it is Friday and I can't wait for the weekend. Not so psyched that the Clippers lost last night, but and it looked and it also looked like a G League game. It was like a G League team versus like an NBA team. But other than that, I'm, I'm psyched for the weekend. Uh, GA, I am cold right now. I am in Indianapolis right now for the college football playoff national championship game this Monday. It's a rematch of the SEC championship game with that, that Alabama playing Georgia. Um, and it is in the single digits here. It is currently eight degrees, but they're saying it feels like below zero. So it is very cold here. But uh, we'll see how uh, the game plays out. I am still amazed by the line here. You know, I'm 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 thinking like Alabama is in Georgia's head. They beat them in the conference championship game. They've they've beat them previously when they when they played each other for the national championship. You know, I you know if you were to say who, who who's the better coach, I mean it's not even close. Nick Saban versus Kirby Smart. So. Listen, I, I'm 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 taking the um, Alabama Crimson Tide again. We'll, we'll talk about this more going into the game Monday, and uh, again Monday is also a big day uh, for everyone at the Mightier 1090, and we'll tell you about that. But uh, gee, I, I'm I'm a little surprised by the line for this game on Monday night. Yeah, I'm shocked. Actually, yeah. I'm very very shocked. I mean, Vegas has to know something we don't. Because, they normally do, right? So that, right? that's that's what concerns me. But yeah. yeah, and I'm wondering if this is going to drop at all because I have the feeling that a lot of money is going to go down on Bama because that's where I would put my money. Oh, I put 100%. my money on on them getting points. Um, so yeah, this doesn't really make sense to me. I'm just wondering, like you know, maybe do they have some injuries? Do they have? Is, are people playing with injuries? Are like maybe the cold is a factor? Um, even though well, it's no, it, it's dome. indoors, so you yeah, know, it's it's not going to be. But yeah, I mean, again, Georgia's favored by three. A, a lot, a lot of the sharps are picking Georgia to win by a touchdown. So we'll see. You know, uh, again, generally speaking, if uh, if Las Vegas, it, it seems like they know something, then you, you kind of, <laughs> you know, it scares people away. But I'm 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 going to stick with Nick Saban. I'm going to stick with the Crimson Tide here. On Monday, Gia, you started the show by talking about it, how the Clippers did not look good. And again, they're 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 without Paul George, they're without Kawhi. This is not the uh the team that we saw at the beginning of the postseason a year ago. But Gia, one big silver lining to the game yesterday during the broadcast on TNT, Chris Haynes did report that Kawhi Leonard is quote ahead of schedule in his rehab from a torn right uh, 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 the anterior cruciate ligament and his return to action this season is within reach. I mean, that's a big story right there. Again, that doesn't mean he's going to come back next month. That doesn't mean he's going to come back soon, but it does mean that his rehab at the very least is ahead of schedule and that there is a very real possibility 
that he could come back this season and why that's important is this team, d- despite the fact that with that loss to Phoenix, and again, no shame in losing to Phoenix right now, but they're below 500, but we touched on how bad the West is. They are still a playoff team right now. So if they get Paul George back, they they, they get Kawhi back, that's a different team. That's a team that no one in the Western Conference wants to play. Certainly if you're a top seed, uh, you don't want to play in the first round a team with Kawhi who's fully rested and ready, Paul George. I mean, that's a team, Jihei, that I, I think we both agree that if the Clippers were healthy a year ago, they get to the NBA Finals and they perhaps win the uh, championship. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty. But you look at how far they got without Kawhi. Again, riding the high of being in the playoffs, closing out Utah the way they, they, they did, pushing the Phoenix Suns again without Kawhi. Two six games. I mean, you got to imagine that if the Clippers had Kawhi, what kind of a run they would have had. And so now, if at some point towards the end of this season, they're in the playoff hunt, they get Kawhi back. Paul Paul George is back healthy, playing the way that he did at the beginning of the year. This team's going to be a problem. I mean, it's like you said, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? We can't talk about the. Uh, we can, but uh, it's not. It doesn't behoove anybody's situation to talk about the past. Let's talk about the present. If Kawhi can come back, and he can come back in um, earlier than we thought, right? Because I think a lot of people were thinking, okay, if he does come back, he's not going to come back to the end of the season. He's not going to be coming back, you know, until maybe right before the playoffs or if not during the playoffs. So if he can come back earlier than that, this team has the ability to adjust uh, with Kawhi in the lineup in the start in the starting lineup and to help them out and I mean that that would be huge right I mean no question that would be huge and that oh, yeah. would definitely uh it would boost the morale of Clipper fans that's for sure um yeah I mean we'll we'll see what happens you know it's, um it, I would assume it's up to him and his doctors for him to come back so if he doesn't feel ready he doesn't feel ready and if he does feel ready, then God bless him. Like I would love for him to be back. I w- never wanted him to be hurt in the first place, right? That's why, uh, that's why the Clipper organization got him in the first place was to win championships. So yeah, and let's and, let's so hope he's um, you know again he's not going to push himself to come back. I mean the the positive news again the silver lining when you talk about that that loss against the Suns last night is that Chris Haynes during the game during the broadcast did say that that Kawhi is ahead of schedule. He's moving around. Uh, again, it, it looks like at some point this season, and again, uh, clearly we're, we're, we're at the halfway mark, so it'll be towards the end of the season, there's a real possibility Kawhi can, can come back. And so what that enables you to do is say, hey, guys, you know, we just need you to hold the fort down. You know, this season, you know, there was a feeling maybe maybe this season is a lost season. Like you're not going to really do anything crazy. You're not going to push Kawhi to come back. You're not going to make any crazy moves. You you, you know, let's see how the season plays out. Maybe this is a season where you develop young players, but if you keep your head above water and the West, again, we, we keep touching on it. Like the Clippers, could be the fifth seed. I mean, the, the, this Western Conference, when you get past the the top four teams, is not that great. So you're basically in a position. And again, these guys see Kawhi at the facility. They see him at practice. If, if there is this feeling of, you know what, shoot, like if, if we can just get this team in the playoffs, 
we get Kawhi back. Obviously, Paul George is going to come back before then. This is a team that can contend at that point. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. You know, the, the, the thing that I like about Kawhi coming back with this team is that he's already played with these guys before. And this is a very tight-knit group. And we saw that a year ago. We saw that this summer in Las Vegas when that entire group went out there together. So, um, you know, generally, you know, when you when you bring in a player at the end of the season, you know, it, it's you're you're wondering how how is he going to fit in? You know, how is how is the team going to adjust? Listen, there's always going to be an adjustment period. But with Kawhi, he's been around these guys. He played with them last season. He's he's been at practices, and so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think if the Clippers can get into the playoffs, get Kawhi back again, they're going to be a tough like out for a lot of teams. How how long do you think that that adjustment might be though? Because yeah. I mean, some people it takes you know, some people thought like when LeBron came back, it was going to take two quarters. You know, some people like when other players come back um, into their lineups, it might take them you know two weeks, a week or something like that for all of them to adjust to it. How long do you think it's going to take for him to adjust? You know, for I, the team to adjust? I don't think it's going to take that that long because he's going to be practicing with these guys, you know, before he comes back, he's going to be practicing with them. And again, it, it really is a big thing that they really brought back the majority of the, of the team from a year ago. So there's not an adjustment period when you talk about Kawhi and Paul George and Jackson and Terrence Mann. And uh, the, these, these are the guys who played together a year ago. Again, they haven't played together since the postseason a year ago when uh, Kawhi went down in the second round. So, you know, it's going to take some time, but um, hopefully not too long. And I think that that is also why it's important for Kawhi to come back at some point during the season. You know, it, it it's going to be tough to make that adjustment during the playoffs, right? You know, when you, you're, you're talking about being in the midst of a playoff, playoff tournament, certainly a, a play-in game when it's a, essentially a win-or-go-home situation. So, you know, I, ideally for the Clippers, he comes back, he begins to practice with these guys, he has a few games under his belt with these guys, and then he can you know, say, Hey, listen, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be like we had a training camp together, but you know, this has been a weird year where, where, where like, if you're talking about the health and safety protocols of COVID, when you're talking about guys being hurt, I mean, just look at the Clippers lineup this season, the number of guys who've been out, uh, you know, again, Kawhi, Paul George, Avika Zubat, Reggie Jackson. I mean, you go down the list of guys who um, have not played, it's it's a it's a who's who, and so these are guys that they would have to depend on come playoff time. But this is positive news. I mean, because I mean, it wouldn't have shocked me one way or the other. I mean, he the the, the report could have been, hey, listen, you know, Kawhi had wanted to come back at some point this season, but they are officially going to shut him down. He's done for the year. That wasn't the case. He's he's ahead of schedule. He's moving around. Well, uh, there's a hope that he can come to come back to practice soon, get back into the game and, 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 and come back and help out the Clippers this season. So, again, tough loss last night, the first time they've been uh, below 500 this year in 2022, but uh, a, a bit of positive news 
for the Clippers. Um, GA, big, big weekend in the National Football League for the two teams in Los Angeles and also the team in Las Vegas. You got the Chargers in the Raiders in Las Vegas. Allegiant Stadium, Sunday night football, last game of the regular season. Depending on how apparently the Colts-Jags game plays out, which is a fascinating subplot, that I believe if the Jaguars win that game, uh, the Chargers and Raiders can advance to the postseason with a tie. But let's just assume that that doesn't happen. Um, if the Chargers win, they're in. If the Raiders win, they are in. Uh, so a big game for the Chargers, a big game for the Raiders, and then obviously a big game with uh, the Rams at SoFi Stadium against the 49ers. Uh, again, depending on how the Cardinals game plays out, the 49ers, they have to win to get into the postseason. The Rams have to win if they want to win the division in the number two seed. Um, the Sharps, they like the Rams. I mean, G.A., we, we keep talking about how Kyle Shanahan has uh, Sean McVay's number. They've won five consecutive times against the Rams. Uh, if they win on Sunday, that will be a clean sweep for three consecutive years, six straight games. I do like the the Rams. Las Vegas likes the Rams. I think the line opened amazingly at six, which is more than I thought. I think it's down to about three. I, I'm not sure if I'm being a homer here, Jihei, but but uh, who do you got, the Rams or the 49ers? So this one's really tough for me because they're both playing for something, Yeah. right? So Niners are playing for that wild card spot, and the Rams are playing for that second place Um spot and to win the division outright. So I'm looking at the lines right now. You're right. It opened at six and a half and now it's at four and a half. Uh, um, so, and then some, some books have it at four, but uh, for the most part, it's four and a half across the board. Um, I, I mean, Rams are relatively healthy and with cup, you know, I, I, I want, I would take the money line on this. I would not take the, uh, the spread, I think it's going to be exceptionally close, yeah. um, especially since the Niners, A, the Niners have their number, and B, uh, the, the the Niners are playing for something now, right? So um, I, I, want, I want to just take the money line on the Rams. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to take the money line on the Rams to win outright. I think that they're going to win probably by like three, to be honest with you. I don't see it going any further than that. But if they smoke them, then psh, good for them, you yeah. know? Um, I'd, I'd be psyched on that. As far as the Chargers are concerned in Vegas, I mean, th- this is this is crazy that like the Chargers are the, considering the way that the Chargers have been playing, yeah. that they're favored at three. So, and then the way that Vegas has been playing, that they're favored at three. But again, the Sharps know something that we don't know. So, you know, I I guess I would take the Chargers because they have to win. I mean, both teams have to win, but the Chargers both teams really have, have to, win, to win. But you know, maybe they're they're picking the Chargers in this spot because of J- Justin Herbert. Like, if you were to say which which quarterback do you trust the most, Carr or Herbert, I'm going to go Herbert in this spot. It's an amazing story when you look at what Las Vegas has done this year. When you th- think about like all the stuff they've had to go through, when you go through John Gruden and him being fired midseason, the d- DUIs, uh, two players being arrested for that so i mean they've had to deal with a lot this season in las vegas to get to this point where essentially they win and they're in um i'm with you i think you picked the chargers i'm picking the uh, the chargers uh they are favored by three 
again, I, I think they're going to win by exactly three. I, I think that they're going to find a way to win by a late field goal. So I would have loved that kind of hook at two and a half or even, you know, so something like that. But yeah, I'm picking the Chargers by three. I am picking, like you said, GA, I'm picking the Rams by three. I don't like that line. So um, e- e- even though I'm pulling for the Rams, if, if I'm betting that game with the line, I am definitely going with San Francisco because I think it'll be, it'd be a tight game where the Rams win by one, two, or three. I mean, the fact that if you got that line at six, six and a half, good on you because, uh, you know, the don't I don't see, you know, wouldn't shock me, I guess, if the Rams won by a touchdown. But just having seen those two teams play up close, it's really going to be one at the line of scrimmage. And the 49ers have dominated the Rams, especially when you look at the last time they played each other on Monday night. That was not a good one. But, you know, exciting last um weekend of the season where we have a couple of big games on Saturday, uh, Jihei. It begins with the Cowboys in Philadelphia on Saturday and then uh, the uh, 1 p.m. game on Saturday, Chiefs and Broncos. Cowboys favored by five, uh, Chiefs favored by nine and a half uh, tomorrow. So we got Saturday uh, big football games in terms of like implications in terms of these standings and the playoffs, things like that. And then a full slate of games on Sunday and Sunday night, leading us into the college football playoff national championship game on Monday. Uh, GAV Lakers are back in action tonight at the crypt. They're playing the Atlanta Hawks. It is a nationally televised game. So lucky for me, I'll be watching that game here in Indianapolis. Um, it may be too early to say if the if the Lakers have turned the corner, but they are beginning to play a little bit better. And Russell Westbrook is not turning the ball over as much. In fact, in the in his last game, he he didn't have a turnover for the first time in 407 games. For the first time since 2016. He did not do that. Um, but there's also another big game, GA, on Saturday, and we want to send you guys there. Okay. If you're listening to us, it is a very easy proposition. We are giving these tickets away two pairs of tickets Kings, the Los Angeles Kings, and the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, you cannot get more signature than the Detroit Red Wings are coming to town. And uh, who knows? You may even see Chris Chelios there. I've I've seen him from time to time in Hermosa Beach. Uh, again, big uh, game Saturday, and we want to give two pairs of tickets. All you got to do is reach out to us, whether by email, whether by phone number. Jihei, how can they do that? Well, if you guys want to contact us via email, it is show at gmail.com. And just basically email us and say tickets. I will, you know, we're, yeah, we I mean, listen, I mean, have a hot away. take if you can. And again, we yeah. will play it on the air. If you call the hotline, we, we, we will play it on the air on Monday. If you send it, if you send G, Hey, like you can email, we'll read that. But listen, if you're lazy and you just want to go to the game, uh, just say tickets and, and listen, Thanks for listening, and we're going to hook you up. But uh, we'd love it if you had a question or an opinion of some kind. Well, and that's right, Arashan. Um, that hotmail number is 310-400-4032. Um, 
so yeah, send us any of your hot takes or any of maybe just comments, concerns, whatever. Um, preferably a question. So yeah. um, and we will we'll read it online or we'll even uh, maybe voice your actual voice opinion online. So uh, please please send us those, uh, especially for those tickets. We really do want to give them give them to these listeners. So yeah, and by the way. The Kings are, a, it's such a fun game to watch. And again, if you haven't seen, uh, if you have not been to the new, newly named anyway, Crypto.com Arena, you should go check it out again. Jihei, like I talked about, big game at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. Rams and the 49ers. The Rams have a chance to win the division and clinch that number two seed. When we come back, we will hear from Sean McVay and Raheem Morris how the Rams are preparing for this big game when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 and the 98.5 The Fan. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio, the all-new and Mightier 1090 AM. You're listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio, the all-new and mightier 1090 AM. When we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas. Again, real quick, if you want to go to the Kings, Detroit Red Wings game Saturday tomorrow, hit us up on the hotline 310-400-0340. Big game Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Rams and the 49ers. If the Rams win, they win the division. They get the number two seed. The path towards the Super Bowl is leading through SoFi Stadium. With that, let's now hear from Rams coach Sean McVay and Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris for how they are going to finally defeat the 49ers after losing to the 49ers in their last five meetings. What would it mean for him to achieve the Triple Crown this weekend? I think it'd be pretty special. Uh, I think it's a great reflection, like you said, uh, you know, of the team, but of his accomplishments within the team. And, um, you know, he's he's been such a special player, not only this year, but really since uh, since we drafted him four years ago or, you know, five years ago. And um, love Cooper Cup. It, it'd be outstanding, Lindsay. What uh, You guys have had some tough times against the 49ers the last couple of years. What uh, do you think needs to happen on Sunday for you guys to get one from them? Yeah, I think we need to play better in that three-hour window. I need to coach better. Um, we need to execute better. We need to take better care of the football. Um, all the things that are indicative of, of playing good, clean football. Um, it's a really well-coached team. They've got great players, good schemes, and so we got to be on the screws, but we're excited about the challenge. Thanks. You're welcome. Hey, Sean, every team you play pays a lot of attention to Cooper Cup, obviously, but Matthew Stafford can still get him the ball. How much pride and uh, satisfaction do you get when you see Matthew and Cooper beat a double or triple coverage? Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, in a lot of instances, I think it's also a good reflection of Cooper's versatility, ability to move him all over the formation and him knowing, uh, you know, every single spot. But, you know, the best thing is, is that, uh, you know, if some of the coverage contours or the looks dictate, you know, Matthew will get those other eligibles involved as well. And so, they take a lot of pride in, in consistently producing, and, and those two have done a great job with it, but it's also great to get those other guys involved as well. 
and last one, your defense will have a big test, obviously, against the Niners. That offense scored 24 points against you in November. What has improved with the defense since that game? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I thought um, in a lot of instances, you know, the, the Niners are a really good good offense. They do a great job of, of being able to control the pace of the game, being able to run the football, and then the actions and different things that come off of it. But, um, you know, we've just got to play good, sound football, snap in and snap out. Good execution. Um, I think in a lot of instances, too, it, it, it goes hand in hand with playing good team ball. You know, we got to possess the ball. We got to be better on third downs. Can't turn it over, and uh, and those are all good team goals that I think, in essence, will help our defense be better as well. Thank you, Sean. You're welcome, Jordan. Hey, Sean. Um, did Cam Akers practice today, and what is your assessment of his availability for Sunday? Yeah, he did. Um, you know, everybody else was at a jog through, and Cam was full speed, flying around. So uh, he's excited. Uh, he'll be ready to go, and looking forward to seeing Cam make his debut this week. What's a realistic workload for him? Obviously getting a lot of factors in there, playing surface, weather, all that kind of stuff, but also, um, you know, getting him maybe a couple of touches versus what would happen in an emergency situation. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I don't have that answer. I think we're working through that. Um, <laughs> he sure looks good. He looks like he could carry it, you know, play play a lot of plays, but I do think you want to be smart with an incremental approach. Is that 10 snaps? Is that 20? Is that 25? You know, I think that's something that as the week progresses, we'll have a better feel for, but definitely want to get him involved. Thank you. You're welcome. Maria. Hey, Sean, you know, you obviously know this team very well. They know you. When you go back and look at tape from the last meeting with this team, what do you learn the most? What stands out to you? I think, uh, you know, I think really we, we kind of got behind early. Uh, they made some plays to, to kind of swing the momentum in their favor, and then they did a good job of staying efficient and possessing the football. And so that's really what stood out. You know, we had a couple, uh, you know, can't remember a time that I've seen a, a kind of a tip screen go back the other way, but, you know, they made the plays. Um, they did a good job, but I think it was really just that initial early momentum and then them, their ability to be able to possess the football and then our, our inability to be able to execute on some of the third downs offensively. Thank you. You're welcome. Kevin. Hey, Sean, when you think back to the now almost full regular season that you've had, Matthew Stafford, um, does any moment stand out as sort of indicative of what he's, what he's been, what he, what he brings? Yeah. The last drive the other day, I think, um, you know, I think that that stands out just, I mean, he's made play after play. There's a lot of highlights. There's a lot of really good things. Uh, but some of my favorite moments have been the, uh, the the resolve, the resilience that's been demonstrated, you know, bouncing back from some occupational hazards that occur as a quarterback. But I think, uh, I think going 14 for 14 in the second half after it wasn't perfect in the first half is a great demonstration and a reflection of, of uh, you know, the caliber of player and the caliber of person and the mental toughness and resolve that Matthew Stafford has. I wanted to ask you about Greg Gaines, uh, uh, teammates, coaches, everybody seems to enjoy talking about him. Yeah. Um, uh, when you think back to when you first saw him pre-draft, um, well, what were your impressions? What, uh, how, how did he, how did he, uh, how did he win you over? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was a really productive player at Washington. I, I thought, you know, you watch he and Taylor rap and, you know, they were really good defensively and they've been, they were always a fun team to be able to watch, but you know, Greg just showed up snapping and snap out really a complete versatile player. 
he's got a great personality too. I mean, you know, he's a really productive player, but he's got a great way about himself. If you guys get a chance to get to know him a little bit more, um, really smart. He's really witty. He's got a, he's got, he's just got one of those great demeanors that everybody loves Greg Gaines. Um, I think what says as much as anything is when you guys ask Aaron about Greg, the way that he speaks of him, um, Aaron, isn't a guy that passes out praise easily. You earn his respect. And I know Greg has certainly done that. Um, he's done a great job. I thought he battled back from that hand surgery and, and really made some big time plays. I thought arguably one of the plays of the game was on second down and two from the two when he and Taylor Rapp ended up having that minus two stop. You know, there's under seven minutes left in that game. It was first and five. They get three yards on first down. Then it goes to a second and two. He ends up beating the center. And then he and Rapp make a stop in the backfield that, that got them to a third down and four. They take a delay, goes to third and nine. And that ultimately made them settle for a field goal, which is what gave us a chance to win that game. And so he's made play after play like that. Um, everybody loves great gains. And, uh, and that's why I think you love the, I think, you know, people, uh, he's earned their respect. And then he's also a really likable guy. I think it was Raheem who referred to him as sarcastic. And he meant that in a positive way, but I would think sometimes that's not what a, what a coach would want. It, yeah. yeah. It, sarcastic, smart ass, always challenging you, however you really want to look at it. You know, probably Greg, probably, uh, probably punk Raheem. That's why he said it. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Steve. Hey, Sean, last time you guys played these guys, Odell had just come in, you know, Robert Woods, you got hurt. I mean, there's so much is going on that could have been disruptive. Where, Ode where Odell is in the offense now, is that allowing you to call the game differently? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, – these are totally different circumstances. Um, you know, never was an excuse before, but it, there was a lot of moving parts in a short amount of time. You know, when we had signed him, that was on a Thursday. We had played on Monday night, but I don't even think he anticipated even playing just because he still had some injuries and some things that he was working through. And when Robert goes down, he was kind of forced into action. and so. Uh, Feels like that's been a long time since then, but you know we still got to go play a good game. But definitely can call the game that uh, that we want to play to to be able to go execute at a high level. And, and again, bringing Cam back, you know we, the way Sony's playing as well. I mean, geez, he, he just as the game goes on, he just looks stronger and tougher, breaking more tackles. Is it a feel thing with Cam, or do you think you're going to start it out with kind of a scheduled appearance to see what he can do, especially the way Sony's been rolling? Yeah, I think it's a feel thing, you know, because you definitely want to make sure you keep Sony rolling. He's done a great job, like you mentioned, Steve, but being able to get Cam involved and, and get his feet wet is something that's important. And, and you know, he's a, he's a great player. You know, we have a lot of confidence in Cam Akers. And so whether it's packages with both them on the field or, or Cam kind of, you know, supplementing Sony if he needs a blow, um, that'll be a little bit of a feel thing. But I do think you want to um, be consistent in our approaches as far as, you know, Cam's rep count, whatever we decide that is as the week progresses. Great. Thanks, Sean. You're welcome, Steve. All right. We'll wrap up with Greg and then Gary. Hey, Sean, sorry. I had to step away for a second. Did you have any other injury updates other than cam? Is there anything going on? Yeah. You know, we had a couple of, we had a lot of guys that we just rested, you know, kind of those veteran rest days. Um, Nick Scott was limited with his thumb surgery. He's looking like uh, there's a possibility that he plays. So that's a good thing. Everybody else was just kind of the veteran rest day approach. Okay. And Van Jefferson played significantly fewer snaps than he has in recent weeks. Is he, has he got anything nicked up? Is he banged up or is it just a, was it just a personnel decision? No, he's feeling good. It was just kind of just the, the flow of the game, but uh, you know, he's still a really important part. Um, nothing changed and you, you, you can expect to see a lot of Van this week. And Ben got some more snaps in, in his place. What did you like about what he was doing? 
I think he did a great job, you know, did some really good things without the ball. I thought he made a key clutch catch um, on the drive that, you know, ended up being the go-ahead touchdown. They were in a man coverage. He was kind of running a little stick nod route and, uh, you know, big time catch. Um, did a good job, um, you know, without the ball. And, and you can see the game's not too big for Ben Skoranek. Um, you know, he's he's an added element, you know, gives us some depth, you know, because we played um, in a lot of situations where we're playing with three receivers at a time. He ends up adding a fourth receiver that can really supplement all three spots um, as a, you know, as a way of kind of giving those three starters a blow. Thanks, Sean. You're welcome. Yeah. Hey, Sean, is there is there any scenario in which Cam Akers would be inactive or would not play on Sunday? Uh, not, not unless there's a setback or a change, um, you know, in terms of how he's feeling, but if he continues to progress and he's feeling good. Um, I expect him to be able to play this week. And, uh, you know, Cooper, um, if he stays on pace, looks like we'll finish the season as the triple, you know, they're winning the triple crown of receiving anyway. Um, Jerry Rice, Sterling Sharp and Steve Smith have done that. I was just wondering what your impressions of those, your memories or whatever impressions of those guys were individually and what you think they and, you know, Cooper kind of share in terms of qualities as receivers. Well, incredible competitors, all three of those guys, um, you know, to be mentioned in that same category is a true compliment. I know the respect that Cooper has for the history of this game and all three of those guys are so elite in their own right at playing that position. Um, I think it's a testament to the production. You know, when you start talking about catches, yards, touchdowns, um, you know, it's it's unbelievable that he's mentioned in that same category. Got to go finish it out. But he has delivered in so many different ways for us. And um, what he does without the ball is arguably as impressive. You know, I think those people that really love studying the tape, watching the intricacies of what he does snap in and snap out, it's pretty remarkable. Um, and you just feel fortunate to be able to work with a player like him, Gary. But um, all three of those guys that you just mentioned, what a what a special group that is. Amazing accomplishments that those men achieve. Um, and for Cooper to be mentioned in that same category and, and potentially be able to have his name alongside of those guys with the Triple Crown um, is a huge testament to the hard work he's put in. And then also, you know, being surrounded by great teammates. Hey, Raheem, how you doing? Awesome. How you doing, Jordan? Doing well, thank you. Um, just wanted to know a couple of thoughts from you on what you guys learned as a group from the last time uh, you played the San Francisco 49ers. You know, it's not necessarily about learning as a group. It's uh, kind of our our teaching going to the field. You know, last time we talked about these guys attacking the edge and we talked about how physical and how violent it was going to be uh, when we were able to execute some of the time, but not all of the time. And we got to be more consistent in our efforts and our execution and our physicality on the edge. Um, then it's going to spill over different things. You can't just dedicate everything to that moment because you know um, these guys are great game planners and they're going to come with different things and do different things off of that. Um, so you can't overcommit to something. You can't overthink about it, or overtalk about it, or overemphasize when you get to the point that it just gets lost. Um, so we got to get these guys ready to play a nice physical football game versus a division opponent um, on a great stage. Um, meaningful at this time of the year is always fun. And then just a quick follow-up. Um, Vaughn Miller said yesterday that uh, or indicated that y'all are preparing for, you know, both quarterbacks. But I'm wondering, and in, in specifically in the case of, of Jimmy Garoppolo, is there anything different uh, a defense or particularly uh, a pass rush thinks about uh, knowing when that quarterback has uh, a bit of a hand, you know, for, uh, hand, hand issue that he's dealing with? You know, for, for Trey, 
you're talking about being prepared for the design runs. Um, some of the differences there, you know, they both are pretty mobile. Jimmy's pretty mobile. He's not like, you know, uh, the guy we played last week, but um, he can absolutely move and do some of the things. So the, the rush part of it, it is very similar. Um, those guys stand in the pocket. It's just more of the quarterback design runs. Um, the hand thing, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt. We played a guy with a bad toe a couple of weeks ago and you know, he looked pretty good. So you got to um, know he's going to know his body. They got a great training staff. I'm sure. I'm sure they're doing a great job of trying to get him back. I'm sure they're doing all the things they need to do, but uh, we got to prepare for Jimmy as he's hundred percent because nobody cares in this league, whether you're hundred percent or whether you're 60% or whether you're no percent. They just thought about getting out there. And when you go out there, you expect to uh, participate in the value and play. Thanks Raheem. No problem, Jordan. Kevin. Hi Raheem. Uh, as the defense has, has uh, sought to, uh, I guess, peak as, as the season uh, ends and the, and the playoffs near, uh, in what ways have, uh, have you been succeeding and uh, in what ways do you still need to, to work toward that peak? You know, I think it's about constant communication, Kevin. You know, um, you're like my player right now. You're blacked out and screen when you're trying to talk on Zoom. But um, <laughs> when we come out, Kevin, it's all about the, the constant communication. It's about the flow. It's about, you know, the communication level from the coaches to the players and the players to the coaches and the constant flow of getting that better so you can go out and execute, you know, and the ability to go out there and practice. You know, amazingly enough, uh, we were fortunate to start playing better um, with some of the time less practice, with some of the time more um, evaluation of jog throughs and more evaluation from um, just being in the classrooms and in those settings and those smaller settings. And some of those things work a little bit better for you. So um, I think that's something where we kind of grew in the last month um, that had us undefeated. But I think it's more places we can take it and get better with our technique. And that's the thing that's going to happen, start happening as we practice a little bit more. So last week we started that. You got better technique. You got better efficiency. Um, you got smaller meetings. You got more time together. Um, it's more visual learning, more uh, learning with the guys, more learning amongst each other. And I think those things just come into play um, throughout the attrition of the season. And I think it's just worked out for us well. And I think we're going right where we want to go. And then like Sean always says, everything's right in front of us. And it has been the whole year. Um, and I think those things we care about the most, you know, um, when people tend to say you plan better, usually they're talking about because of stats. And you know how I feel about stats. Um, it's more about wins. It's more about collectively playing together. It's more about um, what Sean talks about every week of as playing a complimentary football. I mean, those are things we got to do. Um, there was no bigger moment than this week of having them have the ball first and five on the five yard line. The defense getting a big stop, holding them three, and our offense going. Uh, Stafford just unbelievably going 14 for 14 or whatever it was in that last drive and going to score a touchdown with Odell Beckham catching a great catch and getting out of bounds and, and us getting the ball back in a two minute and stopping them along with our special teams being involved in that. That's what good football teams do at this time of year. And then uh, Jalen Ramsey, what uh, kind of growth, if that's what it is, have you seen from him uh, over the time that you've been here? Um, and that naturally uh, leads me to, to ask, what was your view of what happened on the field between him and Taylor Rapp early in, uh, in last Sunday's game? You know, it's the difference between beginning that assassin that he's accustomed to being where you can go out there and absolutely just focus on doing one thing and one thing at itself and opposed to being what he's become and what he's trying to become is the leader. You know, when you're the leader, you can't make that decision at that time. You got to find a way to communicate that better. You know, I, it's a lot of times I feel like punching you or, or some of my guys as well. And you can't, you can't throw those punches, you know, but we have that relationship just like him and Taylor have that relationship. They're uh, that brotherly love. The thing that we always talk about that everybody mentions when that happens um, you do have those moments and you got to control those moments. You got to figure out a way to talk those things out. Um, he'll grow from that. Um, we'll grow from that. And um, I think it's one of those things that he can do over. He'd do it differently. And then, but over the course of the season, uh, regardless of, 
of that. Uh, you know, that, that, that was a small setback for him, but we've seen so much growth in his development and what he's been able to do from a leader standpoint, from a communication standpoint, from his interactions with me on how to deal with situations when he does get stressed and he gets to that assassin mode um, and how to bring it back. And um, I think that was just a, a small, a small setback for him. You know, unfortunately it happened to a teammate, uh, which you never want that to happen. Um, but fortunately it happened to T-Rap, a guy that's got that kind of character that he has that can bounce back within the same series and not let it be detrimental to us winning the football game. Thank you. Or stopping for that matter. Hey, Raheem, um, with the Niners, would you expect them to attack you guys very much the same way that they did uh, earlier this season? Lindsay, we're talking about Cal Shanahan. He is absolutely not going to do that. Um, I gave you a quick story. I sat in a room with this guy and he said, uh, he has, he, has a fun, he has a run meeting that he has tomorrow on Friday. And I don't know if he's still running or not, but I know what, it, what they sound like. I know what they are like because I've been in that room. And he sat there one time. He came into the run meeting. He said, we're going to absolutely run the football. You know how we're going to do it, guys? We're going to pass it. And everybody kind of went, huh? And then he explained himself. And he talked about the play action pass and how it's going to um, help them get to the point where they could open up some gaps for themselves in the run game. So I'm expecting nothing less but the same from him and what he's going to try to do and try to attack us. He's going to do whatever is best to win the game that day. That's who he is. That's who he always will be. Um, but he will have some traits of his former, his later, his past success against us. So, all right, that was Rams coach Sean McVay, Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. Again, big game, SoFi Stadium Sunday. If the 49ers win, they're in the playoffs. If the Rams win, they win the division and they clinch the number two seed in a home playoff game. And we'll see where the conference championship game is. But, uh, you know, you win that game on Sunday, you 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 got a pretty nice path to uh, be playing at home at the Super Bowl, which will be at SoFi Stadium. And we'll talk about that more next week. Don't listen to all the talk about the Super Bowl being moved. It will be played at SoFi Stadium in February. So looking forward to that. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.